9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself, one of Montreal's longest running, most famous, most popular arts and entertainment podcasts. If you enjoy this episode, uh, go back into our catalog and check out uh, all the other great episodes we have. We have over 200 of them talking to great guests like this week's guest, John Hatz. John Hatz is our guest today, and this is a podcast that is nearly 20 years in the making. I met John probably 10 years ago, at least, maybe more, and I've been going to parties that he's been throwing uh, from his legendary company I Love Neon for nearly 20 years Uh, but it was around uh, I think it was the holidays of 2019 where I was like hey John finally you should come on the podcast and then I mean John throws parties for a living so what happened in the spring of 2020 guys it was COVID but now we're on the other side of that and parties are starting to happen again John and I Love Neon have a bunch of shows coming up Uh, we talk about the return of shows to Montreal but we also talk a little bit about the magic of Montreal nightlife, Uh, we learn a little bit about I guess the meaning of life in many ways and we also have an update about uh, Hollywood you remember Hollywood, all this and more on Go Plug Yourself, enjoy the show Go plug yourself you plug another plug-up. Go plug yourself. You plug another plug-up. Go plug yourself. You plug another plug-up. Go plug yourself. It's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Uh, but Walter. Yeah. I have news. Up, I, have, I have podcast adjacent news. My yeah. buddy posted the other day that Hollywood longtime uh, featured player on this show when we recorded out of the back of Grumpy's. Go plug yourself legend, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood is apparently like safe and sound uh, during the pandemic. He moved out to the East Coast uh, and is living with his sister. So cool. A lot of people were, yeah, a lot of people were like, what's up with Hollywood? Like, yeah. Well, like, I mean, he went, he had been away for years that like over the last like few years. I think he came, and, he came and went and stuff, and, and I, I even heard about him going. Because I think I think he even had family in Jamaica or something like. I heard maybe. Yeah. I heard that he'd even gone back to Jamaica for a bit. Like, but yeah, so so Hollywood is safe and sound. That's good. Me. That's good to know. It's good to know. Uh, you might also have heard that uh, Walter is co-hosting on this because uh, Walter's back. Hi kids. Hey. We're not gonna have a we're not gonna have a conversation about nightlife returning without without Mister Nightlife himself. Well, the good times. Mr. Comedy Night Live. It's so funny, though. So our guest at this time, everybody, though, is another Montreal legend. We have we just mentioned Hollywood. We mentioned Walter J. Ling. I'm and then I guess Holly, I'm more curious about Hollywood at this point. <laughs> you know, you must know Hollywood. John. I don't know, like, know who Hollywood is. The, the, the guy that holds you up with the banana and says, like, I swear it's loaded. Jesus, and, like, give me the money, honey. I have no idea that. Like, you have such a different like. So you didn't hang out too much on Bishop Street. He's like, like I guess like a Bishop yeah, Street like, nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been probably since then. He's been a fixture since the yeah. mid to late two thousands, even early two yeah. thousands. Man, I w- I started drinking at Grumpy's straight in college, and Hollywood was I met around him during there. university. Yeah, that's it. So like 2000, 2001, he was around. Right. But yeah, like pan- panhandler guy, he would stick him up, stick you up with a banana. You're his brother from another mother. Say I loaded it's it's loaded I swear that was uh it's the best. You quote Martin Luther yeah. King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. He would they grumpies would occasionally hook him up with a pint if he like cleared all the glasses away. Yeah, he would do. Yeah, like one of the one of the few street people. I, I mean, o- almost nobody's seen him since pandemic. 
<laughs> right? Like yeah, that was not a good time for panhandling. Yeah, exactly. That's it. With the, yeah, uh, one one of the one of those rare occurrences of like a panhandler who was like not the worst to have around. No, he's <laughs> okay. He was pretty fun to have around. Yeah. I'll say no, this. The funny guys are good. The funny guys are good. I mean, that's one of the there's magical any... things about Montreal. It's like, you know, you could, you know, I've had times where it's like two in the morning and I'm like leaning against a wall talking to like, you know, an Orthodox Jew and like a homeless guy. And you're just like, this is awesome. Like, so this is where my night landed. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's trying to get a slice of pizza. One last thing about Hollywood and then we'll move on to the real talk. Only street person ever to offer me a cigarette. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. He had like a cigarette case and stuff. And he was like, you want a cigarette? I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I, like, I gave him money all the time. So. Was, that? was it laced with PCB? Was it laced? <laughs> well, you know. The possibility. Too late, too late now. My, my, my favorite Hollywood story ever, though, for me, my personal interaction with him was I was like, I, I toss him a couple bucks here and there all the time. Was He was like, he's like, hey, like, spare some change or whatever else like that. And I look down and he's wearing like a fresh pair of Jordans. And I'm like, Hollywood, you're wearing like a brand new pair of shoes. He looks down and he's like, oh, shit. Is his name <laughs> like, Hollywood or you. is that what you guys named him? Because we would name, we would name people like we, we and we. He would we introduce himself as names. Hollywood. Oh, he introduced like, him. He would introduce himself That's just what his name was. He was just Hollywood. and Everybody knew him as Hollywood. Yeah. Remember Hollywood the, or, or I mean, I guess dirty, if you were less. The dirty Spider-Man guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Who, who, made, like, the, who, who really made the noises, the whistling Spider-Man cons- costume, like dirty Spider-Man costume, and he would like dance to like really bad techno, and he I would do that. You do like the, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. He did this like you're, you're, you're like, oh, he's in like a Spider-Man costume. Is he gonna do like flips and shit? No, no he would just dance. He would just dance yeah. in web swing, and it was weird air, dancing. Air too. Web swing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "What the picture of Spider Man have you ever seen where the web where the web shooting makes that fucking sound?" I was like, "Because it's through the dust." What was it again? You did it really well before. Yeah, he whistled. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he whistled with a little hum in the whistle. For the yeah, yeah, and it was like, yeah, it was crazy. He was, he was my favorite. <laughs> that and some change. Some, some change, change was a guy. He was on Guy and like Fort between Fort and Guy on Saint Catherine all the time. We used to have an office out there, and we would like walk down, and he would just like he would he would be nowhere, and he would just pop out of a street corner and just go some change. <laughs> it was just like he was always like ah, like you never you never expected him to come. Anyways. At least it's quick. I hate the the guy. There was a guy on Bishop. Do you remember the guy that always had the extended like pitch? About like his sister, and he needed money for a yes. bus and whatever. Yes, and, I remember like, that. and you're like, you're like, I, I know who you list, are. I several different guys use that that tactic. There was a lot of guys that use that. A lot of guys, yeah. Did. And maybe yeah. it's and maybe it's unique to that area because and there was this one guy that that would do that, and he would pretend he was on a phone, and that's, he would like, yeah, that's, people, oh, say, that's like, great. Talk, lose me, my car is broken, and then you're like talking to him, and then you're like, you don't have a phone in your hand. It was like the third time we realized he's got no phone. He's just, and then he he's just holding a his closer and he's like, everything's kind of rat. Like he's wearing a suit with like the elbow packed. So he looks like a teacher. But then you look at him a little closer and it's like way too ratty. And, you know, and he's kind of dirty and then he's got no phone. There's the car's not his. You know, like it's just, 
Yeah. <laughs> Pretty I've crazy. also gotten that in other big cities. That's that's like that's one of those like that's just one of those like street people like carny scams of like uh, yeah. but the thing was there was a hostel around there. There is a youth hostel, like that that big one that's like uh yeah, yeah, the the Maison de Jeunesse there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. Fort, I want to say. Is yeah, around there. there. Yeah, around there. Like, it's not far from the Bell Center and stuff. I wonder like, if all our, our crazy, kooky characters lived there together at one time. <laughs> I feel like they, they feel like they could go through that place. Spider Man and the other guy. Uh, that that's. I mean, I guess that that it, this is not the worst bridge into the overall what we're actually supposed to be talking about, which is this Return is, of is, Nightlife. We're losing, we're losing it is the Jason, like one, Jason topic. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like it's the one thing that's like binding the worlds of like throwing parties and shows and throwing comedy events is the well, fact the, that you're going to have the late night weirdos. We're all out trying to get pizza at three in the morning. That's the connecting factor. exactly. And, and it, this is where you interact <laughs> with all of these crazy people. And it is a good segue because the madness, which is what I call it, is is kind of what attracted <laughs> me to nightlife in the first place. You know, the fact that it was the great equalizer. You know, you could have a stockbroker, a religious person, you know, uh, a, a really sketchy dude and like a anyone. And in that one moment, you're all connected and you're all hanging out and you're all in the same room and no one's better than anyone, you know, and then you might have like a really cool night with one of these individuals and never see them again. And for that one night, you were on the same wavelength and the sort of level of connections that I felt over the years is what attracted me to this industry and, and what keeps me in it. Uh, obviously, they're more far and few between now because I'm so I'm so much older and I don't go out as much. But um, there's no, a freedom. John, no. Well, no, I would stay. I, I I can't. I just physically can't do it anymore. But yeah, it's like there's this sort of weird freedom to it and this really interesting connection that you make with people over music and over just losing your marbles. That that you know you wake up if 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 you know things can go awry, but if you wake up the next morning and you just you know, rifle through your pockets and start remembering everything. It's quite, quite, quite good times. Quite funny, you know. So yeah, yeah. that was the rifle through the, the yeah right. The rifle through the boxes. <laughs> I that used to do cool. that. I used to collect tokens of of things. I would remember where I'd been, so I'd find like a matchbook. I would... Like I would find like a matchbook, or like a like a a shellfish fork, you know, just random things, you know. Yeah, I I would uh, collect other people's lighters. Yes, yes, we have. You're that. that you're that lighters. guy. I would We've been smoking for years, and we still have a jar full of other people's lighters. <laughs> I'd either collect other people's lighters, or I would start the the night off with like three, four lighters on me in different pockets, and then have none by the end of the night. Some one or the other. It was either, you know, I was a bit of a. Yeah. I, was like, I, was, I always remember. I used to, and this is just like, I when I was like, especially if I was like party hopping from point to point, I would take the old transfers out of every metro station. The little like, beige ones? The beige like, well, like the, the, the printout yeah, ones. I used to yeah. button and it was like... I used to collect them. Exactly, that's it. So you'd be all, like, oh man, I was... I used at, to throw like, them all the... in a shoebox and I would just have hundreds of them and I'd be like, what are these? These are useless. Like, yeah. yeah. But, they were, but they were fun tokens of a night though, right? Where if you were like, oh, I was here and here and here and here. And, and they had, had like, the date and time pocket. on them, right? Pretty much? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, It had the station name, date and time. So you're just sort of like, oh yeah, man, I was. I had a lot of like, those, and then I had a, and I, for some reason I still do this. I keep the corks from wine oh, nice. bottles. That I was, I was, I was filled with wine bottle corks. That's that's cool. 
I had an aunt and uncle with no children, and and they had a huge vase of wine corks at their place, and I always thought it was the coolest fucking thing. I was like, you're like this, you're like that's real classy. I'm like that's like the most like classy, that's the most classy adult thing you can do. There's a shortage of cork <laughs> in the world. The last thing you want there to is. do is the way. Which I don't understand, by the way, because I recently learned that the trees that the cork comes from, the apparently the the the. What, the cork stuff itself is just the bark of the tree and you can remove the bark of the tree to harvest the cork stuff and then it just grows back and then you harvest it again later so i don't understand like you don't have to cut the trees down or anything so i don't understand why there is this shortage of cork you're saying that like humanity mismanaged a resource so badly even though it replenishes itself That's i can see that you know can you imagine <laughs> that well, what else is you be used for it's wine bottles uh, uh pen boards and what? <laughs> That's it. Like floors? Cork floors. Cork floors, which I guess some counter counter bars, are like like a like there's like cork. But it feels like they're really seen it on like the floors and the countertops. It's and like uh, cheating and cheating floor. baseball players. You get you could cork your bat. You get uh, cork yeah, your... Yeah, yeah. I remember. It's true, that was a thing. Get that, right? get that extra pot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get the so that, that's you drill it out and you put cork in it, right? So it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it makes the, the center of the bat. I have no idea how it works, but it's just... We yeah, tried to do that when we were kids, it. and we like gave up after like we got a quarter inch into the bat with the drill. We're like, <laughs> forget it. Move give on. up. It's like, yeah. Go do something else. <laughs> well, we got yeah, I wonder if you could... an inch and a half and put one cork in, and nothing happened. You're like, what do you mean? I'm not Barry Bonds all of a sudden? Yeah, like, exactly. We thought we were going to like just hit it like 90 meters further, but... You know, there was no YouTube videos then, so we had to just no, make no, shit up. <laughs> we heard about something and we just tried it our way and did it wrong every time. So, <laughs> I want to know now if you can buy a corked bat or if you have to make it yourself. Like if you, I mean, I'm sure you can now buy them from. There's probably a guy that does it for baseball players. There was you probably know, like yeah. the guy, same guy that sold you the steroids, could also cork your bat and. Scuff and the mysterious ball. sticky substances that they're all about yeah. now. Pit pitchers are, are are being searched for sticky substances. It's like I don't even follow baseball that much, but it's just it's just, just great you. because I used to watch baseball all the time, and then I just I found it. I got, it got boring for me. I don't know why. Oh, it's it is boring. It's kind of a boring <laughs> yeah. sport. It yeah. like I I liked I followed it when I was a kid. Uh, because, I mean, A, there was the Expos, and B, like, we would go frequently enough to the live games. And, like, live live baseball is great. Like, that's – it's just – it's a good time. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, watching baseball on television is just, like, it's a four-hour commitment half the time. Baseball and, is one of the only sports that's almost better on the radio than it is on TV. Yeah, because you can you could you get a lot all the all the analysis and stuff. Yeah. And like you can kind of you can paint your mind picture. Yeah. <laughs> of like, oh man. Well, I find that bad. like I find that a problem with the hockey with even with hockey yeah. games, when you go to the Bell Center, it's like you know, I always remember I always want to bring like, you know, my earphones or my earbuds and, and listen to yeah. TSN or something while the game's on because it feels weird. It feels weird without the commentary. I hear yeah, I, know, yeah. I get you. And then when and then during commercials, like or you're either just like sitting just there standing around, you're like, What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no one's doing anything. <laughs> like there's so much time to kill and shit, and then you're just like sitting there and yeah. Like shouldn't they be like Is it worse? Go ahead. No, I was yeah. gonna say, well they have they have like the, the dancers and stuff like that. Like 
like occasionally they do like little energy cardio breaks and stuff. I remember occasionally like they there's filler. There's there's commercial break filler. I want to go to a Golden Knights game just for like all the nonsense that's apparently happening in the stands at yeah. all fucking is at a, at a Vegas Golden Knights game. Like that, over the top there. That looks entertaining. That, that looks like you need to go to that on drugs. Like there needs to be like a fear and loathing at the at the Golden Knights game moment, you know. Fear, fear and loathing whatever it is arena there. Yeah. T-Mobile, T-Mobile Arena. Yeah. You're looking at the T-Mobile Arena. Yeah, just do like a bunch of ether and shit, and like, <laughs> and then you think you're going to see a Golden Knights game, but it's like fucking ice capades, and you can't tell the difference. Like, <laughs> you're like finish your check. It's Mickey Mouse, like fucking like skating outside, outside. <laughs> oh, that was the. What was that? There was I think Disney, there's right? offsides was... in Disney on ice. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. No, but was it? Is it the? Was it the, the? This is forty or whatever the fuck it was. There was that movie there with the two dudes. It's uh, Paul Rudd oh. and uh, Seth Rogen, maybe. Who yeah, they do uh, shrooms and they go to Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be pretty terrifying. Yeah, I want, I've always wanted to go to the the sexy Cirque du Soleil show in Las Vegas. It's, it's, it's a strip no, 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 no. There's, there's that one that's like an, it's, it's like an erotic. It's called O. I think it's is it the O one, and it's in water, know. but everybody's like naked and shit. I don't know, man. There's one Every that's. Time I've gone to Vegas, I've never actually done any of the things I wanted to do. They've always. It's I feel just like that just happens. <laughs> you're on a plane. How many times have you been? How often have you been to Vegas? I've only been three times, but. Yeah, three times for like. Wait, was it for yeah business or pleasure? Was it all, all the, yeah, all three times for business, and I I was speaking on a panel twice, uh, and one other time I think it was, uh, I think it was like, it was work, but it was some sort of some sort of tech music conference uh, that I just got invited okay. to and got free tickets to, and I was like, it's Vegas. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah, sounds like Vegas. sounds yeah. like business to me. Yeah, yeah. sounds <laughs> like another. Another boring day at the office. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's like such an amusement park for adults. It's so crazy. It's uh it's pretty insane. And it's and, I, I and every time I go I smoke cigarettes because you can still smoke indoors in Vegas. Smoke is <laughs> so crazy. Like, That's which like is the crazy. only place in the world. You could like just <laughs> you know, pump cigarettes at That's like hilarious. a bar. It's like so cool. <laughs> like just gonna I've, I think there's cosmic forces keeping me away from Las Vegas because like I've <laughs> tried to go on a multitude of occasions, and for one reason or another, it's just like the the, the trip has like fallen apart. And the last one, of course, being the the whole COVID deal. Like tickets yeah. were purchased. Ticket I had bought tickets to shows to like a fucking wrestling show and shit. Oh yeah, you were going to Double or Nothing, right? Yeah, man. And like I, I was like, it was like I was going for a few days. I was going with my wife and shit. <laughs> I purposefully didn't stay at a casino hotel because, like, I didn't trust myself. So, like, I got a f- like. This is this is like Walter who goes wandering off in the middle of the night, like in the best of times. Like, if you wandered off in the middle of the night into a full blown operational casino at like four or five a.m., you'd be like, "Here I go." <laughs> like, I live here now. It's I guess pretty, like it's <laughs> different. Like, you can go to a casino in like a resort in like the Caribbean and win four hundred bucks accidentally. Like Vegas, it's like they just take your money like really fast. Like it's just like you don't win, you know, unless you know, unless you know what you're doing, you know. Like there's 
like every time I've gone, I've just been depleted of all, all of the money that I dedicated to gambling, like in seven minutes, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to blow four. What do you do after that? So it's just gone right away. And I'm just like, I don't know what happened. So what do you do after that? Just drink? Uh, Yeah. Well, the thing with Vegas is it's, it's kind of, I find it kind of boring unless you know people. Cause it's really like, there's a lot of tourist trappy places that are terrible and a I lot bet. of really bad yeah. restaurants and then there's a lot of really cool ones. And so luckily because of the business that I'm in, I'm always, you know, taken care of. So I know where to go and, you know, so right, you just, right. you know, you do, you know, all the normal things, you just get wasted and you end up in weird places and you end up hanging out with like weird Russian guys. And you know, like, that's <laughs> just, great. I would love to go sideways and you just gotta like let it happen, you know? And I get along really hard. well with weird Russian guys. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> the best. Do you remember you know that do you remember that place on uh what was it? Uh, what was it? was it on, was it lower down on park there, the uh Mademoiselle? Remember that little spot, Mademoiselle? Oh, yeah. you know where it's across from our office, yeah. It's across from one of our venues. Yeah, that's uh it's on the corner of Fairmount actually, just below Fairmount. And there's where there's the uh, strip club there next to it? Yeah, that really dodgy strip club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the with the with the paintings in the window there, like, like the, with the like like it's it's like a neon with like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and parakeets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is the most Montreal episode we've ever done. So he's describing this obscure <laughs> strip club. It's a terrible. Like, yes, strip club. that's the one. It's a I, we never went in. But I've been, I've well, my buddy right, right across the street my, from my <laughs> office. So it's like we nice. like, <laughs> we've like because you know when. People come from out of town. They want to do the same few things. They want to go to the munch. They want to see the strippers. They want to go get a fucking Fairmount bagel or a St. Vieter bagel or both so they could argue about which one's better. They want to get smoked meat and poutine. So it's always like, and it's always the same thing. It doesn't matter who you're with. It, they always want to do those four things. And, you know, we often, because it's across the street, everyone's like, well, there's a strip club right over there. And I'm like, because we usually start at the office oh, or at the oh. club. And we're like, not that one. That's not where you want to go. It's not where you want to start. But yeah, then some no. guys are like, fuck it, we're here. And then we'll go. And so we went quite a few times. And it's, Jesus. Yeah. Like, uh, it was like, uh, there's a guy like in front fixing his fucking Harley. Like, you're like, yeah. okay, so this is a biker joint. You know, like, it's just like weird. You know, it was uh, like, uh, what do you call it? When we were hanging out at Just for Laughs one year, uh, we're talking to Moisha uh, Kasher was outside like smoking a cigarette because he was doing a thing at Theater St. Catherine. And then he's just sort of like, he's like, is that strip club any good? And like across the street from Theater St. Catherine, just oh, pussy core. Pussy oh, yeah. Pussy right, yeah. It's right in your newspeak too. And we're like, oh, yeah. no, man. He's not like, a strip club. Pussy core. Not a strip club. <laughs> and he ended up like doing like five minutes on it. Like <laughs> in his like opening his set. He's like, I see. He's like, there's JFL and there's off JFL. You know, you're on off JFL. Pussy core. It's like, is that the one? On JFL, that the you're one performing at Last Days are off JFL. Is that the one right next door? To, is that the one right next door to Newspeak? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I have yeah. a funny story about that because when we open, we're opening Newspeak. At one point, we opened Newspeak in the little hotel at the same time. And mm-hmm. I was trying to get insurance uh, sorted. So I was talking to my broker and we were having trouble getting insurance because of the area. And it's apparently it's very difficult to get insurance for a hotel because, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong. You don't know what yeah. hotel room. Uh, that area is very it's very prone for prostitution. So nobody wanted to cover us. 
So I was like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with the area. I don't know what everyone's worried about. Tell the insurance guy that it's fine. So the insurance guy fine. Called, it's fine. He called me back and he was like, all right, we're going to come do a site visit. Can you just do a preliminary with me on the phone? Just go out to the street and tell me what's across the street and what. So I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my building. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, Empire, which was the skate shop was on the first floor at the time. Yeah. I go, we're upstairs. He goes, what's to your right? I'm like, to my right was like a head shop, like a like they sold like bongs yeah. and yeah, yeah, and t-shirts, like a lot of t-shirts. I told him that, and he was like, "Okay, okay, that's not so great." What's next to that? And I was like, uh, "Pussy corpse <laughs> for our massage." <laughs> he told me to read the sign, right? So I'm like, "That's what it said." And then he's like, "Okay, what's across the street?" And he started laughing, and I'm like, "It's a it's a peep show arcade." <laughs> and, then, and then it was like he was like okay uh let's just call that a, mas uh, a massage place like a therapeutic massage and he like <laughs> he like changed it all my broker changed everything and he called it a cinema and they, there you go it's, that, that area is like kind of picking realizing up. what the sign said as i was reading it and i was like oh my god like it's so funny though like that I always find it hilarious. And it's like, even though that area is getting a little bit cleaned up, it's still like such a rapid drop off from like, you're at Cat's Spectacular, like two blocks away. Like yeah. you walk like, well, maybe not two blocks, three, four. Yeah. Close, three, like, four blocks, you're in the middle of, you're in Tokyo, Japan. And then it's you walk to like east to St. Denis. And it's like, yeah. literally like you get stabbed, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's such it's a fast drop off. It's very stabby. So I'll just say this. I'll just say this. Speaking of which, I don't. I can't say too much, but I am currently an extra on a local Montreal production, which is in fact shooting in this very area that we're speaking of right now. All right, this this production. I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting yeah. that this is this is live. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not live. Filming part of it, I believe, in our uh, in, in 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 our one of our venues in the hotel. So, yeah. I might be there. <laughs> Nice. That's hilarious. I'm so sorry I said that, and I hope that doesn't jeopardize okay. the rental. No, no, it'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll cut that part. And the, 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 the listener will not know what the, the title of the movie that we're talking okay, about. All right. Tonight on TMZ, my Montreal Extra reveals the shooting location of... <laughs> God damn it, Walter! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I hate credit. Okay, so. You piece of shit. <laughs> Thankfully, this is not live, and I and I abhor. I worked I myself editing. into a shoot. I worked myself into a shoot. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank God. So we were like, "Oh, hey, John, is there anything you don't want to talk about?" Walter just shoots all over his NDA project. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, I didn't God. know there was an NDA, but that would. It's very possible that there is, and that I didn't know about it. Keep out the paparazzi. I don't, I don't, I don't read the things not? I sign often. It's a very bad <laughs> habit. Uh oh. You one hundred percent sign an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> sure I There's no way. I did. <laughs> what was a contract? Oh man, it was a contract. Yeah. Sure, it had a non-disclosure. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I just sign anything they put in front of my face. I'm like, uh huh. You're like, and then when do I get paid? <laughs> well, no, I have someone, we have someone who reads all the contracts, so they tell me it's good, and I sign it. But I oh did. man, that was 
it's a poor habit. That was something I wanted to ask you about, actually. That was like, I was like one of my pocket questions when you mentioned signing contracts. So you, you bring all kinds of people into the city and there's always this, I, I, I don't even know if I've asked you this in real life. Have you ever experienced like an insane rider? I remember briefly you mentioned that like Steve Aoki like wanted like really expensive champagne to spray at people. And then you were like, I'm not just going to buy you expensive champagne to yeah, spray at a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> crazy rider story everyone likes to put silly things on their rider to see if you get them you know so mm -hmm. you know there's that classic led zeppelin m&m story i don't know if you heard mm -hmm. that where they only green m&ms and yeah. the story behind that was that they did that to see if the promoter would actually read the document you know yeah yeah so you'll get like a lot of guys will put like a carton of marlboros or they'll put like socks or t-shirts or you know, 10 Hanes, extra large black t-shirts, you know, or things like that. And sometimes we want to be cute and we get them. But generally what we do is when we negotiate a contract, we get the contract and the rider and there's a budget uh, allocated for the rider that we've negotiated with the, uh, with the touring agent and the tour manager. Okay. So whatever doesn't fit into that budget, let's say it's $500 for the rider. Um, then, you know, our production manager will go through the rider and we'll cross out all of the non-essential things if it makes us go over the $500 mark. And, and you know, usually they don't argue. So, you know, they're like not, they're like, yeah, we always need t-shirts. So let's throw t-shirts on there. And if some promoter gets us a bunch, great. If they don't, no big deal. Socks, I cigarettes, uh, often they ask for things that are non-perishable, like, stuff they could throw on the tour bus and eat later, like, you know, like ravioli and, you know, tuna cans and, you know, whatever you can imagine you would like cookies and chips and things like that, because, you know, they're on a tour bus for, you know, 200 days, you know, so they usually want as much stuff as they can take back with them. A lot of the times yeah, and you're like, and, and, go ahead, sorry. As much as possible, you're avoiding a trip to the grocery store, right? Like if yeah, you're like, like yo, if we get the, if get we get the promoter to do our groceries. They want to get as much out of you as possible to save money on their tour. So they'll try to crack yeah. you for any like underwear, like socks, like they'll try to crack you for anything that they can. And it's, it's sometimes funny and sometimes it's a little bit annoying because, you know, a lot, a lot of these bands and artists are sometimes, you know, like they'll, 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 they'll be persistent about it. And if you're losing money and you got to buy them t-shirts, you're like kind of bit bitter about it. You know, I had one band once enough, like, yeah. or, pour like guacamole out of a bowl and the catering into like a like a you know like a, like a grocery bag from pa and then tie it up and put it on the tour bus <laughs> i'm just like oh my god that's yo buddy i got the guac i like guac it's good did you take the bowl you know i didn't take the bowl can't they just waste bowl, it no. they leave the bowls they know they know exactly they know that you got to give the gold the bowls back to the caterer but they'll take all the guac, they'll take all the corn chips, they'll take, you know, they'll take all the hummus, they'll take all the apples with them, they'll take whatever's there that they could take with them, they will. And it's fine. I mean, it's I've been, them. A, I've been know, a Montreal comedian for like 12 years. I can understand the, uh, the the desire to to milk as many of the, or perceived freebies, not freebies, but the, the to, to milk as many of these things as, as you possibly can. There's right? a whole like secondary economy that, that exists through riders. 
you know, like uh, a lot of production managers when they're on, I won't name any names here, but a lot of production managers are famous for like when they know the band doesn't really eat their rider, they'll, they'll buy stuff that they like and put it out <laughs> and then take it home at the end of the night, you know, or like, or like buy dog food and, and put it in the catering budget or, or buy like their own groceries at the same time. And like, and like, you know, pass it through on the catering budget. So there's a lot of like, and then whatever the band doesn't take, the, the bartenders will take, like it doesn't last. It all gets taken home by somebody, you know, or the production manager will keep it or, you know, so it's pretty, it's, it's pretty funny how like that, that happens. But yeah. Uh, I yeah. I don't have any crazy writer stories, unfortunately. Sorry. No. Well, I was going to say, I, actually, actually, a lot of um, uh, I was going to say, I, I have a crazy writer story. But I, I swore after the last time I would leave Adam alone. <laughs> oh, this dig. What? I, don't get it. I was going to say, we're not we had, were, you, were you with us, Walter, when we were hanging out with the Planet Smashers at 77 Montreal? And like, and, and this is, I was going to say, John, most of you deal with a lot of electronic acts. So often it's only one or two. Walter just held up a pack of fireworks. I just realized nearby. the whole time we were talking about it, I had them right next to me here. <laughs> Why don't you lean them but, against a, a hot lamp? Yeah, just, <laughs> that's my technique. See what I happens. Have a, see how that like an exposed bulb. Like, like a space heater? Like an exposed bulb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so put it against the bulb. heater. Just lean it up against the heater. Forget about it until the winter. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was like, smashers. so, yeah, but I was going to say, John, you deal mostly with electronic uh, acts. So often, not always, but often it's one, maybe two guys. But I was like, but if you're a ska band, you're like seven. And we were at 77 Montreal and there was apparently like, so they had a booze rider intended for the, you know, some total of the Planet Smashers that then one of them just, one of them just made off with and they were all so pissed. Yeah. It was just like the rest of the band is like, what the hell just happened? He just like finished his set, saw like a case of beer and a couple bottles and just like took it, loaded into his car and left Park John Drepo. And I was like, man, what a bummer for the rest of the band. I'm sure they can get more. Oh yeah, for sure. But it, but it was still they were like, damn it! Like again, to your point, it's just like that beer, was their beer in a at a show is like toast at a breakfast place, you know? Like it's just yeah. like coffee, it's like Ugh. you know, yeah. like keep bringing. Yeah, but it. I'm just saying. I mean, but I mean, the hard alcohol they are probably all going to bring home. You know, like they were just like getting their, they were using their get their getting their budget worth. Yeah, well, what they do is they 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 legally can't take the bottle out of the club. Mm -hmm. Um because of the way Quebec works, uh, everything is stamped and is only exists to be sold inside that nightclub. And if you bring a bottle from like, I don't know, Fairmount or Newspeak into the street, like we would get fined if a police officer found it, he would read the code, enter it, it would be our liquor permit, we would get fined. So, and if you get a couple of those fines, you could get your permit suspended. So we're very, very, very uh, adamant about not letting alcohol leave the building. Uh, and mm. they want to bring it on the tour bus. That's what they want to do. So what they all they all just pour it into like you know, Evian bottles and put it on their tour bus. You know, and so back to the bus. It ends up it ends up on the bus always. Like usually bands, especially even even electronic acts, they usually hang out on the bus, and then they come into the the green room like maybe half an hour before they're set, and you know. So they're really. Yeah, I mean, like the bus. bus is the bus is your like your living room, right? Like, why yeah. are you going to chill out in a stranger's house when you could be chilling out in your essentially your house while you like wait to go to work or whatever? Exactly, like, exactly. So they'll go in for sound check, <laughs> they'll eat, and then they'll go on the bus, drink, and then go do the show, 
hang out, talk to the fans, and then go back on the bus. And then party on the bus, and the bus will leave at like four in the morning, you know, usually for the next town. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, we're halfway through, more more than halfway through, actually. And we didn't actually talk about you. You you started talking about it because you're a good guest uh, about getting it. How you started uh, into this <laughs> for the nature of like the madness and uh, and getting getting to know your random people at four o'clock in the morning, so on and so forth. But I mean, I think that that is something that everybody who thinks of Montreal as a like uh, as a nightlife city is has those stories. And that's been essentially on hold for a year and a half now, obviously. Like, I was actually trying to talk back. I was like, I remember we talked about you doing the podcast a couple of years ago, maybe the first time you came up to our cottage. And I remember definitely, I think at the last Keith Miss, we were like, oh, yeah, we'll do it in the spring when I start to have more shows. Like, it was like yeah. holiday, holidays 2019. We're yeah. like, yeah, well, like, we'll, when I have more of, a, more of a spring lineup, but like not necessarily in the summer because then I'm super busy. And then obviously pandemic happened. So now we're 2021, so a year and a half later. And uh, Facebook keeps notifying me that I Love Neon is adding more and more shows like every yeah, we day started, or two. We started announcing shows because um, the last big public address from the provincial government was that, you know, we were 85% single vaccinated and they were anticipating that the double vaccinations would be done by. August. And once the double vaccinations would be done, that, you know, we would be able to do away with masks and distancing. Uh, and they just announced mm -hmm. recently that there won't be another, uh, another, like, uh, they won't close us down. They won't, they won't make everybody shelter in place in the fall anymore. So when we heard all those things, we figured it was safe to actually confirm a lot of these shows that were sitting on the on hold docket. Um, a lot of the shows that we canceled when the pandemic started got postponed till fall 2020 and then spring 2021 and now fall 2021. And a lot of those are now postponed till, till winter 2022. So they just kept getting pushed down. And uh, as soon as we heard that we could actually start confirming shows uh, or that, we, that the chances were high that we, wouldn't, we would be able to open uh, in September, yeah. we started to confirm them, and uh, we've been announcing stuff for the last couple of weeks uh, at a pretty rapid scale. Also, following our you guys are also doing. I was going to say sorry, but, but you're also doing a couple outdoor things too at the uh, like the Mistress Barbara thing and whatever. Is that also? yeah? That's with that's through Ilsonic, yeah. So okay. we 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 co-promote all the Ilsonic related events. So we're doing these uh, Recreo Park shows with Mistress Barbara outdoors, and there's going to be you know hopefully some other ones too. We're working on some other outdoor shows, maybe. The problem right now is that to do something outdoors in the summer, uh, it, it's not our core business. So for us, it's not that important. I, I imagine for someone like Picnic Electronique, it's really important to to open. I think they opened last weekend. and Yeah, they're already doing limited capacity yeah. stuff, I saw. Yeah, and yeah. and it's, it's, it's important for them because that's what they do. For us, we're, we're an indoor club promoter, so we're not so concerned with the outdoor stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, it's complicated. Like, it, the, in every section has to be 250 people, and each of those sections needs to have, you know, distancing and its own bar, and nobody could drink unless they're seated and it has to have its own bathrooms. So they're doing that whole like, you know, like pod thing where there's like sections of people 
in a grid all distance from each other and you're technically not allowed to leave your section yeah, and you're, so your your costs are like quadruple the price for half the people, like whatever it is. Yeah, and it just it, it, it you know for a place like Picnic, it makes sense because they have the physical space to do it. For mm-hmm. us at the clubs, it's it's mathematically impossible. It doesn't make any sense, uh, and and we gotta wait till we can fully open. Otherwise, there's just no point. You know, um, are you and, gonna be? And, are you I gonna mean, be, I think. Um, I was going to say, are you going to be like doing vaccine carding? Is that a thing? Or are you, have you thought about uh, that? Or? I've been on a couple of calls with uh, with sort of like Canadian music foundations and Canadian concert promoter groups and these lobbies that I'm in. And there's a lot of conversation with a lot of different people who are uh, more in the know than I am. And for a while, the sort of, the, the sort of consensus was... Um, Unless, you know, if COVID disappears, great. But if it doesn't, that there's probably going to be some sort of conditional uh, return to work, which means, you know, we're the, the sort of consensus was that if you were going to go to a show, you would either have to be vaccinated or do a PCI test at the door or, you know, and then that led to a whole bunch of other issues like, well, who's going to pay for the test? I'm sure the, the ticket yeah. holder is not going to want to pay for it. Um, but this is what everybody thought was going to happen, that there was going to be a, a vaccine passport. And also a lot of those early shows, those like early UFCs they did. And, and a few mm-hmm. of the big shows that happened in the States, they did, they did, you know, ne- you needed to ha- have a negative test or be vaccinated to be allowed in. And, yeah. and that's the standard that a lot of people did in Europe and a lot of people did in Japan and a lot of people did in the states and and there was uh through contact tracing there was they found that there was very little transmission when you did that um i don't know if the government's going to go that far here i i it does kind of you know borderline infringe on civil liberties i don't (laughs) i don't really i've heard even like I'm like a whatever yeah. it takes to get back to work guy. So for me, it's like, I'll get vaccinated. I'll wear a mask. I don't care. Like, just let us open. Um, yeah. With that said, you know, I, I don't know how people are going to feel about about that if it's mandatory, you know, like. Um, well, I know that like uh, down in the States, like I think each state has been encountering it at the state level, right? Like some states are saying, absolutely not. That's a violation of rights. You can't ask people. And then other states are saying like, yeah, no, it's totally fine. That falls within the rights to refuse service. So it's like it's enforced at the venue level. Like like the the state supports the right of the venue to ask, but then the yeah. venue doesn't have to ask. Was there, like some there's of the been other no ones. specific directive about it yet. Yeah, I mean, and it's exactly it's been all there's of been the there's been uh, there's been and I, I mean I got a, a sort of PDF of my my, my, my first vaccination, like a, with a QR code mm-hmm. on it. Right. So I got mm-hmm. that and it says like, you know, keep it in your phone. So I got that in by email the other day and it's like, okay, so there is an ID that they've prepared a proof of vaccination yeah. QR code thing that somebody can scan and it'll tell them that I'm, I'm double vaccinated. So that exists but there hasn't been, and I've been sent it. So I wonder what it's, what it's about, but there hasn't been any specific directives as far as I know that they've made that decision. Yeah. It's still, it's still rough. Like I can only imagine like just in, in my head thinking of like, not necessarily the worst case scenario, but thinking of a scenario that it's almost certain to happen is like the poor, 
bouncer doorman or whatever else like that. He's like scans like do 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 like negative, and then he's like, okay, you need to leave because I'm not vaccinated. And he's like, now this is this whole other thing of this person with who paid for a ticket but who isn't oh, vaccinated yeah, is now causing a scene with, in the line. We've already discussed that with uh, booking agencies. Like what happens yeah. if there is a requirement for either a negative test or a vaccination proof at the door and a yeah. ticket holder who purchased the ticket refuses to be vaccinated and doesn't want to pay for the PCI test. And therefore you're going to have to refund that person, right? Uh, you can yeah. do the all sales or final thing and and tell people this in the fine print of their ticket, but they're still going to destroy you online, and yeah, and, it'll, and, and it'll be a scene in the lineup. and you're and it'll be a scene and you're going to get it's going to be a nightmare. So uh, we've decided like usually we the way we settle shows with tour managers is is based on the presale because we'll pay out because because there's there's a bunch of different kind of offers you can make with an artist and and one of them is like a, a what we call a back end deal which let's say you're paying the artist $5,000 to play live. And then of the profits, after all the expenses are recouped, they'll get an additional 85% of whatever's left over. Um, so we'll, we'll pay them out on the amount of tickets sold, not on the amount of people that did or didn't show up because usually when they don't show up, they don't get a refund. You know, it's, if you don't, if you no show it's all sales are final. But because yeah. of what is happening with COVID and because of the uncertainty as to how governments are going to enforce everything and how we're going to be able to handle it, we've already agreed with a lot of agencies that we're going we're gonna to use drop counts, which is like we're going to pay out the artists based on the people who've showed up, not based on how many tickets were sold. Because we're expecting that the refund rate will be higher than usual. You know, you yeah, yeah, get like, you know, you do a thousand people show, you'll give out five refunds because they really complained because... I don't know, they had a death in the family or, you know, it's all lies, but, you know, like whatever, like the ones that are super persistent, we just refund them. It's not worth arguing yeah. with them forever. But most people accept that if they don't go to a show because they got drunk in someone's backyard, they're, they're not going to ask for a refund. But with COVID, they will use COVID as the reason to get the refund. So we're expecting that we're going to get more of those requests. So if you pay out the artist based on an amount of tickets sold and those people, and then you end up having to refund like 10% of them, then you're yeah. giving you you've already paid the artist, so we're we're working on that right now. But I don't I don't know I don't and think from a from a safety problem. perspective too, right? Like it is like as much as like you said, for sure there's going to be people taking advantage of it and, and lying and, and saying whatever. But like yeah, it's like the reality is is if you did have a positive test or whatever, by law you're now under house arrest for two you weeks. You shouldn't be at a show if that's happening. And you shouldn't be at a show. Yeah. yeah so it's. But it's weird, you know, and people people are already very unreasonable when they've been drinking. And I think, I think, you know, yeah, <laughs> shocker, spoiler alert. Yeah, so I think I think with adding this uh, additional element, I mean, I, I have to say I've been pleasantly surprised with how understanding the client base or the fan base of any given band mm -hmm. has been. You know, the amount of people that forfeited their refunds to help our venues has been a lot larger than I anticipated, like a lot larger. Like I'm talking most people were like, keep my money. Like, oh, no, wow. like I would say 30% of the people were like, yeah, give us a refund because we gave people the choice. We're like, do you want a refund or do you want to keep your tickets for when this show comes back? It will come back. We don't know when, but we'll honor your tickets then. Or do you want to just donate your tickets? And a ton of people donated their ticket money and a ton of people chose to 
keep the tickets and use them at the next show or we or use them at any of our shows we don't care it doesn't have to be that one show and and yeah. and very few people insisted on getting their actual cash back which we would have done it without hesitation uh, and that was a really nice surprise people actually wanted to help out the venues and help out the promoters so that was pretty cool you know so yeah i think that's 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 super cool that's and it's like that, that was always like i think everybody not say everybody i think anybody who had the means to like support venues or whatever or and, and was not absolutely like screwed out of money themselves there was like a lot of a lot of people i'm sure who were like oh man like i i remember like reading news articles and stuff they were like if you want montreal to have its famous nightlife when all of this is over like kind of some work needs to happen during the pandemic you know like there it's yeah. not just going to automatically come back overnight like these are venues that haven't been making money in a year and a half there's they no no ticket sales no bar sales no anything whatever deal maybe they've worked out with the landlord maybe they're getting some rent relief maybe they're not yeah but it's not without some degree of support from the fans if you want montreal to have a super cool nightlife uh, yeah and you know the some, rent relief is a really good example because that government program was awarded to everybody who owned a business however the first part of it the first eight months of it it was the landlord that would apply yeah. on behalf of the tenant. And the problem with that was that we, we were lucky. All of our landlords were happy to help and they, they did it. So we got it for all three of our venues and for our office. Uh, so it helped a lot. It was 75% of our rent that they paid, mm -hmm. right? So the, the landlords, uh, but a lot of landlords, and I'm, again, I won't say which ones, but a lot of landlords, other friends of mine who had venues and had clubs, their landlords didn't want to do it because it required a bunch of really interesting conditions, like your taxes had to be up to date. Your, you had to provide the government with your sales and your numbers, and you know you had to, you know you had to provide the government stuff that certain of, landlords might not a lot want of information to that a lot of people didn't want to share necessarily, right? <clears throat> and we were lucky that all of our landlords were like super legit, and they were like, "Yeah, our, our shit's on point. Sure, we'll do it. Whatever helps," you know, like. But a lot of my friends who have clubs and venues didn't get that support from their landlords. And then what they did was, I think, as of June, or not June, like yeah. January, I think they switched it so that the tenant can apply without the landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then more people got it. But then again, you had to have all of your taxes done. You couldn't owe CRA any money. You couldn't owe Revenue Quebec any money because they would just deduct it off of that. So you still had to have your shit together to be able to get it. And a lot of these small businesses, they don't have their shit together, not by any reasons of like, you know, intentional delinquency, but just because they're small businesses trying to survive. It's already hard enough for them. So a lot of them are late paying their GST and PST. A lot of them are late paying their taxes. So yeah, so it's 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 one guy who's the a lot of guys owner market. and marketer and accountant and what it's like it's yeah. it's it, it's all falling on the shoulders of one guy because it is a small business and inevitably there's gonna something's gonna slip and like we're lucky accounting is not the easiest have, thing. We're fortunate that we have like like partners that have like a like a, an accounting department that did all this stuff with us and and we have like you know very fastidious like you know like bean counter type partners that were like we're gonna we're gonna do this right and and you know our our paperwork and everything was up to date and our taxes were paid and everything was completely up to date so we were really lucky and it went through right away so we got we got the we got the rent support we got the salary support uh and you know a lot of people are are complaining but i really don't and i know 
we were lucky because you know we're concert halls so we fell into the the arts the arts money and i know a lot of restaurants got pretty screwed you know so mm. uh but i think the you know the government took care of us i don't understand why everybody's upset you know i i don't know what else they could have done you know i mean yeah it's a difficult situation <laughs> for everyone and we're gonna lose a ton of money still but at least we have the cash flow that we had before the pandemic to continue operating you know but we're that's still- what i was gonna say like already we see like I mean, at least like I, I was going down Isle of Neon's website before and seeing like, oh, yeah, like not just obviously there's Newspeak stuff, Theater Fairmount, but you guys have, you know, Lastral, like the Bar La Ritz, I think is like, like there's a bunch of places that I was like happy to see there are now shows at, you know, because like honestly, up until a month or two ago, I had no idea which venues were even going to be around yeah. in September. Well, it's looking, you know, yeah, like, it's looking like, it's looking like, uh, like, most of the venues that were there before are still going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, ironically, a lot of people, a lot of promoters and venues didn't really go under, you know, I, I, I don't know that many. Mm-hmm. Did. That's good news. Yeah. That's very good news. It's, it's, I yeah. thought it was going to be, you know, I think, like I said, I think like the restaurants got hit the hardest, you know, I remember Shireen was, my wife, my wife Shireen was telling me that she works for Rogers and, you know, Rogers has like what two thousand employees that work in that Plasville Marie building, and they have yeah. like a food court in their office with like a Subway and like a Tim's and yeah, you know, and it's like, and they and those are gone hundred percent on the people who work at Rogers. And and she went by I think recently to pick up some stuff out of her locker that she forgot, like some some summer sneakers or something, and and she's like they're all boarded up, like they're all gone, like you know that's somebody. Yeah, I'm sure the da- like the downtown court thousand dollars for that subway you know license to to open that franchise and you know was banking on making all their money off of rogers employees and you know yeah, there's like 10 10 floors of offices above you and thousands of people they're just gonna have and a steady lunch Maria across crowd. The street too where the bus station is yeah. and you know it's just like crazy so a lot of those places like food courts and shopping malls like devastated like you yeah, know sure. sure restaurants too like there's so many that are gone and it's exciting too because now it's like rents went down a bit so people are opening experimental businesses, but you can't forget that, you know, there's new stuff happening and interesting stuff being born from the sort of like burning ashes, but someone died for that to happen. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. You know? So it's, a, it's an interesting take. It's an interesting take. Cause like you're, you're, you know, there's like a, like a lining of optimism what you say whereas like a lot of people are kind of more doom and gloom about it but you know well it's because I'm, I'm i'm kind of like excited about the rebirth aspect like when things like this happen like when there's a forest fire and a forest burns down like it grows back cooler and stronger and different you know and and you know it's sad because the whole ecosystem was wiped out but then new things happen and the 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 ecosystem changes and that's exciting you know it sucks it really sucks that you know people lost their businesses but then the optimist in me is like all this really cool shit is coming up like really cool shops yeah cool cafes there's finally pizza places in my land that are good like like all this shit (laughs) happened that you know like like pizza tony's amazing like Slice and soda places, though. That, that was all like my 
I guess I yeah, like my my optimistic take as of like some point in last year was like absolutely like same, similar as you. Like some people businesses are gonna, gonna suffer, it's gonna suck. Uh, but the like I feel the appetite for new shit is gonna be so great that it's like whatever does come up, I hope is gonna thrive. That's my like that's my take. Cause I was like everyone's gonna wanna try these new places and go out again and go dancing and eat at restaurants. So that's my that's my hope anyway. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I think there's gonna be a there's gonna be sort of like I think that we were due for like an upgrade in the types of businesses that existed. Like, you know, like I'd rather go to like a really cool coffee shop than go to Saint Du Rasoir. You know, like yeah, and you, you know, don't like, say. You know, I mean, it's like it's it's it's. It was it was due for things to change, or, or like the old world businesses the rent's gone down, and new world businesses are opening up. You know, yeah. If again, if the rent has gone down, and like an independent coffee shop can open up instead of like a hundred percent of Starbucks or whatever, right? Like, it's because they won't necessarily have to like they can take those risks if the rent has gone down a little. Well, because people can you know? people so, can try shit. People can try stuff out. Yeah. Like uh, my friend opened like a hot sauce store on Duluth. It's like, who the fuck would open like? Who would open a hot sauce store? Like that's such a like a New York thing. Like you just never think that that would work here. But the fact is that because of the pandemic, that store was empty for a year, and he managed to open it. You know, and it's it's, awesome. it's, it's like crazy. So it's like it's all these new things are happening, and when you walk down the street, everything's pretty exciting. So. I like hot uh, sauce. <laughs> Walter, are you uh, are you ready for five questions? I, I don't I don't know what the uh, questions are anymore, but yes. I think you remember some of these. You must. It's been a while. He's smoked been a several, while. several joints, I think. No, no, no. <laughs> no, sir. Are you casting yeah. like a red uh, light over your face, or is, are you just turning red? In my room. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you were like slightly in shade, so it, it gives you a red hue. Yeah, you've got a very <laughs> magenta hue right now. Uh, so, yeah, so same. we asked the same three questions to every guest, John. Then we ask a fourth question, which is the question that our last guest asked you without knowing it was you. And then the fifth question is, what question do you want to ask to our next guest? So okay. you have to have that in mind. Yeah. Uh, question number one, you want to take a shot at it, Walter, from memory? Absolutely not. All right. Question number one, what do your thoughts sound like, John? Sorry? What do your thoughts sound like? Uh... You think in words, pictures, no, sounds, songs? No, I think if I could create a visual representation of what my thoughts would look like if you wanted to see them visually, it would be me talking to myself in the mirror. Oh. I yeah, think like, it's like, it's stories with my thoughts. Like, right, I so would, it's like you have a, a, a think constant monologue. As a, as a narrator. Oh. You know, like I narrate. You know, like that's how I like... I don't know if that makes. Are you like? Are you like John? But do you but do you say I am doing this, or do you say like John goes down the stairs? Uh, no, I, I no, I go. I am. I don't. I don't, I don't speak. Okay. I don't speak. I was like, because I was like, if it was third person, that would be. It's insane. not a documentary about me. It's just <laughs> I'm like I dictate. Like if 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 I or it would be as if I was like dictating to a you know a, a recording. You know. Okay. Like John, don't forget to call Marsha, you know, like whatever. Right. Uh, question number two, what was your favorite thing to eat as a kid? Uh, could be a meal, could be a snack, could be a, a, a uh, like a 
candy. Nutella sandwiches. Nice. With an Just straight Nutella on slightly toasted Wonder Bread. Oh, slightly toasted. Toasted just enough so that it would warm the toast and create yeah, a light, light and, the Nutella. and then you add the Nutella so it melts and yeah, then you set yeah, it yeah. on top and you uh, cut it. But the bread the bread is still like chewy. Not the bread like is chewy, but it's got a little bit of a crust, but still mushy. Yeah. And just warm enough so that it slightly melts the Nutella. That's the... Nice. Uh, question number three, what is... I'm literally going to see if I can Uber eat some Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. What is the best and or worst thing about growing up? Uh, <laughs> I guess the best thing is, is sort of wisdom. You realize that you kind of know a lot and you understand what's going to happen before it happens. You don't repeat mistakes as much. The worst thing as is much. The worst thing is that you realize that everything is a lie and, <laughs> and you've wasted the first 48 years of your life doing everything wrong. You know, it's like life is this life is this movie that we think we want to live in and it, it never feels as good as you want it to feel. You know, like the fantasy is always better than the reality and we're chasing that fantasy. And then it takes you till you're like 45 to realize that it's 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 fake. It's not real. And 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 there's no happiness, only relief of pain. <laughs> that's heavy, John. That's real. Which I believe. Oh, I'm quoting, heavy. I think I'm quoting George St. Pierre. I think he said that. Uh, the relief yeah, of pain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it just feels like it's just all a big nothing. Wow. <laughs> John, remember before. So you've got that to look forward John, to. John, remember before, like, like, rewind back the tape where like five, ten minutes ago I said, Oh, I really like how there's like you know a uh, lining of positivity to what you're talking. About. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not actually negative about it. I'm like, it's just, it's just Jesus bullshit. Jesus Christ! I kind of feel like I, I got to do it. Brother. It's a okay. fucking scam, you know? Like, well, yeah. just fucking animals trying to find food. That's it. There's I guess this is growing up. Well, Walter, we had uh, we had Mike. Uh, Mike Rosa on, and he asked a question that I was like, I feel you would have not let stand. I, I could already tell you that I would not. This is Rosa's question. Yeah. Why was I on this episode? Why wasn't I on this episode? I don't know. Vendito set it up. What do you want? Yeah, bro, I should have been on that. Bro, I should have jumped on that episode. He, <laughs> like, he, he, fumb he fumbled around for like yeah. five minutes yeah, I bet trying to figure out a question and then landed on, and landed on. John, are you ready for this? I hate this already. What's your favorite chip? Oh, That's not a bad question. That's not a bad question. <laughs> but that he that he took him five minutes to get. That's fine. That's actually okay. That's I, fine. That's okay. I, Good question, Mike. Like brand of chips or specific flavor brand? Any kind of chip. Go for it. Like brand, I would say brand and flavor. Like if brand. you're like you're like you're like I want you're like if you could summon into existence a specific. I was gonna say bag, but I don't want to rule out Pringles. But a specific container of chips. Brand and flavor. What would be the chips you'd get right now? Hands down, uh, Miss Vicky's jalapenos number one. Nice. And Miss Vicky's suite of chips, I find, are game changing and have taken over. Suite of for me. That's the best. Like their their dill pickle jalapeno one, the new one. It's like insane. Uh, their black pepper and lemon one is insane. 
and the jalapeno is the best. It like it's, it's like the new barbecue. And then uh, before I discovered Miss Vicky's, I guess it would be sweet chili heat from Doritos. Hmm. But that's like my too over the top for me now. It's just way too yeah, much flavor. I've lost my taste for spicy chips over the years. Um, I like, but I, what I do, oh, okay, here, here, I'll say this. If I could find it, fucking um, chili, chili cheese flavored uh, Fritos. Does that count as a chip or is that not a chip? Fritos are underrated. Fritos, I think, are chips. It's like a corn chip. But you feel yeah. kind of greasy and gross after Fritos. I find that oh, I don't get that very much gross so, yes. feeling after after Miss Vicky. Oh yeah, they're the worst for you. <laughs> Talking about like going, harkening back to like another time. Do you remember? You know, like remember Ringolos? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like bar- barbecue Ringolos. Uh, back when I was like living paycheck to paycheck and working Hickory's, in a warehouse. Not hickory sticks, bro. Oh, yeah, no, but, but so barbecue Ringolos though. Living paycheck to paycheck, working in a warehouse, those were my go-to from the from the snack thing. Not because I enjoyed them, but because for the dollar, they were the highest gram. The most, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like the most really gram. They had more they had the heaviest yeah. bag. It was a yeah. smaller yeah. bag, but it had more weight. So yeah. you were getting more corn. Exactly. That's it. So when I was like, broke. so when when I didn't have a ton of dollars to spare, I had to make every dollar count. Where I was like, 55 grams for a bag of Lay's. Get out of here. I could get 75 grams of Ringolos. I'll tell you the what the worst, the worst chip is. The worst chip? Baked Lay's. Baked Lay's, ew. Yeah, Plain baked Lay's? They were like, in the like, 2000s. They were like Lay's, Lay's chips, but they were baked, not fried. Terrible. Yes, yeah, the Marc Messier. I thought those were the fake. Mark, see, uh, it was involved in that madness. Yeah, it was the bet you can't eat just one. They were like, they're big. no, that, no, 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 no. That's different. That, he was a he was the lay spokesperson in general. Those regular lays, but I feel he had he did spots because he was the spokesperson for a lot of commercials. Man, he didn't he did a whole run, and I think he had a run of bake where he's like they're baked or whatever. Like that that stands out. Are you like talking? Are we talking about the fake Pringles? That they're the, the Lay's Pringles product? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Baked, baked, baked Lay's early two thousand oven baked chips. They were just regular Lay's, but oven baked, so they had yeah. just no flavor at all. They were just like they just tasted like cardboard with like barbecue sprinkles on them. You know? Yeah, like, you're thinking of the Lay's stacks, like the, the Lay's stacks are okay. They're like they're yeah, not, they're not the best, but yeah, Lay's I I never liked. Yeah, yeah, baked Lay's just came in a bag like regular chip, but they were just like John was saying, just cardboard. Just I don't have a special cardboard. place in my heart for a reg- for a regular old like straight up Lay's, like a bit like traditional old fashioned Lay's. Like that's like those were always, that was always pretty good. Yeah, just like a basic yeah. a basic greasy chip, you know? Like yeah, it's like the you know the like standard. Yeah, yeah, nice. and you can, and, and I mean, and they're the they're the the only ones that you can safely dip, right? Like if there's a dip, like. Going on, you have that. It has to be the plain chip that goes too, in. Miss Vicky's, yeah, Miss Vicky's are, are tough enough to dip. Yeah, how do you feel about nachos? Yeah, yeah. are those technically chips? Or I love nachos. You mean yeah. like the, the Doritos? Well, like I mean, I love like well, not like not, no, not Doritos, but I mean like nachos with like ground beef and like tortilla, like tortilla chips. Oh tortilla yeah, chips. man, I love nachos, but with all the stuff food. on them, you know, like love it, love yeah. it. It's like yeah, a but like, I don't think it's like a lasagna. It's like yeah, yeah. But you can't be like tortillas are my favorite chips because of nachos. I'm like no, because like as, alone you don't care about them. Okay, so Actually, no, no, I do like have things on them. So nachos is yeah. when you have the cheese on them, and they're tortilla yeah. chips when they don't have the dressing. 
Exactly. Tostitos are pretty good on their own, though, BTW. Also, like, I've been in a lot of green rooms just eating plain Tostitos, man. Yeah, same. At, uh, but I'll is it because you like it or restaurant. because the dip's gone? Because that's usually why. Well, you know, I mean, you know, if I, you know. <laughs> so, oh, I uh, Sarah always gets mad at me because inevitably if we're eating out at like a Mexican place or whatever, the first chip I have will always just be like without salsa. And she's like, and it's it's right there. I'm just sort of like, I don't know. It's like a palate cleanser or something. They're good, like, they're they're just, good though, on their own. Because especially in a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, the they, ones that go to the restaurant warm. are a little bit better than Tostitos. Yeah, they warm them up yeah. and they're like corn chips yeah, and yeah. shit. They're, like and they're still way out of the bag. It's like they literally take a tortilla and they they fry it and so, they well, some places, out. some places. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some places are just open up the bag it's out of the fucking bag. <laughs> exactly. like, like, yeah, yeah. All right, John. So last last question. Uh, what question do you want to ask to our future guest without knowing who it will be? It'll probably be someone from Montreal, probably. But that's about it. Tough one. There's, it doesn't. There's no. Uh, it can be anything. It, it, it could anything. It could be existential. It could be like, what do you think about politics? If you're going to force us to do that, like, I mean, Mike's question was your favorite chip. We've done other things like. Oh, uh, that was okay. That's what that was. What he asked. Okay. Yeah, that, that was not a stand. That wasn't one of our standard questions. That was a question just for you. We don't ask that to everybody. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of unfair that you asked that, considering I can't eat chips anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, John. John actually did the, so. Like while John thinks about this, we can we can promote John uh, John's life transformation. <laughs> Who was like he's the only the only person in the pandemic that that came out more no, like, man, significantly more. Sweet. I got three of my friends to lose a ton of weight too. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. I I, I spread. I, I paid it forward. I saved. Nice. I saved three other fat fucks <laughs> as well. <laughs> Uh, from fucking, uh, yeah, no, uh, I lost 115 pounds. Shut up. Yeah. 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 And I found it. it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I transferred it yeah. to you. I was like, Hello. <laughs> you're just uh, sort of like, you're like, interactive e-transfer from John, except, <laughs> oh shit. Like, oh, it's, it's 115 pounds. It's in UK currency or some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, question. Fuck. That's a tough one. Do you have like a well, so yeah, I was gonna say, do you have like a go-to question to to try to pull it back and slash jog your memory if you're like leaning in an alley, uh talking with like a homeless homeless guy and like a lawyer and whatever, and it's three o'clock in the morning and you're trying to get pizza. Do you have a question that you can ask anyone? Come on, John. <laughs> So what, what's like? What, what, what? Talk us through the process. What's going through your head? Like, what? What are? What's getting I, I, mixed? I'm, I'm, I'm trying too hard. I'm, I'm trying to think of something like incredibly deep and 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 you know, like thoughtful and thought provoking. And it's like you know, just not. Nah. You know, I, I would. You're putting too much thought into it. Oh, absolutely. Go, yeah, with, go with your gut. Go with it. your gut. I'm gonna go into my ideas of things I write down when I'm stoned and see if there's anything good there real quick. Oh, nice. Oh, have you ever destroyed a man? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say a person. Yes. <laughs> well, no, a man. If you're, if it's a man oh. or a woman, if it's, a, uh, okay. you know what, let's not go there. Yeah. A person. Yeah. Let's just make it simple. Have you ever destroyed a person? <laughs> you ever destroyed a person. Uh, and wow. I mean, it's so heavy. 
That is heavy. <laughs> it's great. That's a solid question. I've done, I've, I've, like, I've, done, I've done it to a few people. Yeah. <laughs> Including me, oddly enough. No. <laughs> Keith has been oddly resistant. I'm still working on you. We're, we're not done yet. Yeah, exactly. We've been trying game. to wear me down. For it's years. a long game. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, like, I don't think I've ever, I've never destroyed anybody, like, physically. Like, that That was my, my first thought was, like, a UFC fighter just, like, going going for the KO and whatever, like. But then I was like, oh, yeah, mentally. I was mentally more referring to, like, a, a slight dismantling of everything they know. Yeah, <laughs> gotta destroy it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm half joking. Yeah. I, I I have I <laughs> I have. I wish this through, was a joking topic for me. Yeah, through no, uh, I mean, not, not saying uh, other than through the action of living well. Um, there was a guy who was dating my ex. It was like, and it was it was a messy breakup, regardless. But there was a dude who was then dating my ex. And then she like stopped dating him. And it was like, but it wasn't even to go back to me. Like I was already with Sarah, but like somehow he resented me for the fact that she had broken up with him. And he left a voicemail on my phone that was fantastic. And I used, I kept it on my phone for so long. It was on like, I, I transferred it from phone to phone to make sure that I wouldn't lost. And then Rogers or whatever updated their thing and I lost it. I kept it for years. It was great. It was like he called and left a voice message on my phone, like in tears, where he was like, You were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and you had everything handed to you and you couldn't let me have this one beautiful thing. And like, again, talking about a person I wasn't even dating. Like I was, I was like, I was already with Sarah and it's just this rambling voicemail of the guy clearly drunk out of his mind. And I was like, I just kept it. It was the funniest thing just all the time. And then (laughs) at one point, Sarah was like, like I was playing it for Sarah and she was listening to it walking down the street and it was like turned up on the phone audibly. I was with Scott and Scott turns as we're walking, listening to this voicemail, laughing our heads off. Scott turns and they're sitting in the passenger seat with the window rolled down is the guy. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> and he just looks like white as a ghost. And like we just look and we all just like burst out laughing. And the guy just like rolled up the window <laughs> and just like he feels like there's no way he didn't hear. And that was, I think, the the, the most like soul singular soul crushing moment I saw in a person like i saw yeah, like the lights terrible, go out it's a terrible and beautiful thing to see somebody at their worst and i've definitely been the guy at his worst and i've been the guy on the other end watching somebody else break down and melt down in front of me and it's it's a weird it's a weird thing and uh it's 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 just watching somebody just completely lose their shit is it's strange and beautiful and, and crazy all at the same time. It's very weird. I think you're just like, it's it's like exactly, I think you're just like your primal, like all of your civility or whatever is gone. <laughs> you know, like like you're like yeah. almost like societal norms are gone. And, and this is just like this weird raw, like you were saying like, oh, we're just monkeys trying to eat <laughs> or whatever it is. And you're like, right. yeah, like when those moments where you're just like, I've, I've absolutely been there just seeing red and crying, sobbing mess and whatever. And you're like, there is something it's not enjoyable, but there is something like real, I guess, happening well, in your it's, brain. I've like, never been like, really down, uh, and I've been down and out a few times. And it's like there's something about whatever rock bottom is for you. 
you know, everyone has their own rock bottom. Like my rock bottom is somebody else's Tuesday, you know, like, but mm, yeah, whatever it is for you, there's this sort of like a rebirth that happens the next day where you feel like, you know, you're, you're okay now. And it's, it's kind of like, I think, which, which, which leads me back to like the whole losing your marbles concept, which is like, there's something to be said about losing control in a good way and not losing control mm -hmm. and like murdering a bunch of people or whatever, but like oh, shit. losing, yeah. your, losing your marbles and then collecting them back the next day. There's something I find refreshing and, and, and uh, even having a breakdown or having some sort of like panic attack. Every time anything bad like that happens to me, I feel like it's gone from my body, you know, like that. Yeah. There's like a catharsis you know, that like comes. And I've had enough of, I've had a million meltdowns too. And I've been at the, I've been down on my luck and like, you know, hit my head on the way, getting kicked out of the room, hit my head on the door and like fall down the stairs on the way out. And you're just like lying there and you're like, ah, and you just start crying. And it's <laughs> humiliating. But at the same time, you feel, you feel good afterwards. I don't know. I can see that. Ish. Like, the, like Maybe. so Montreal's nightlife is in a downward spiral through the pandemic, and it's but it's gonna it's cathartic. It's gonna come out of it. I think that that's like yeah. I said. Like I, I think for for comedy, for music, for hopefully new restaurants, hopefully all that shit. I feel that. Well, it's the rebirth. It's the same thing I just said about about the the nervous breakdown. It's like yeah. after after war and famine, there's growth and and life, and and that's. In a weird way, that's what we're going to experience now. It's going to be really nice. There's going to be a lot of cool shit that's going to happen. New things that are going to come up, new scenes that are going to develop, new neighborhoods are going to pop up. You know, it's going to be cool. You know, it's just, it just sucks that people had to suffer for that to happen, you know, but it yeah. would have happened anyway. It's just that this accelerated everything to happen faster. You know, I'm, I'm, ex I'm, I mean, excited and I guess hopeful. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the podcast, you guys. Walter, do you have anything? You have you have, you have stuff coming up, buddy? Uh, that you're not on NDA? <laughs> no, well, I, I can't. I can't mention that I, uh, I I'm booked on uh, this uh, ZooFest off JFL ZooFest show. Oh, yeah, the Discovery right. series. I don't know why it's called a series. I don't. I don't know if there's gonna be multiple of them. But anyway, the show is called the Discovery series it's on Friday, July 16th, at the Monument National Theater. It's uh, going to be hosted by Rodney Ramsey, and there's going to be 11 comics actually on this thing, uh, doing five each. So, and I'm I'm doing a sweet, sweet five, baby. Yeah, it's going to be on television. Uh, the web, the, the internet, the it's new television. The inter yeah, you know, good, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. I'm the, the only guy that still watches old school television. Remember you're watching the game at the cottage. You're like, why are we watching yeah, exactly. this on like, like, oh, TV? You don't have to have like NHL Center Ice or whatever. You're like no, I'm clicking through channels. Here. I still watch TV. I still watch TV. <laughs> I watch television. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should, I mean, the remotes figured out yet. Like it, the internet still requires too much interaction. Like you just want a one button like that. Come on, move it. Yeah, turn it on. Change channel. Uh, Walter, who else is who else? What are the other co hosts are on that show? I'd be remiss if we didn't. Oh, so no, of course, show. what am I saying? So, of course, and also, uh, Inez and I are on that show, and uh, and uh, yeah, and there's uh, also gonna be Elspeth Wright, who's been on the show before, yeah, uh, Beckman, yeah, and Mike Carozo. who we mm. were talking about earlier. So, all these people, so the, you know, I don't think he was allowed to talk about it when he was on. 
like it wasn't announced. He had like I think he had the, done the deal. He was like, I got some stuff coming up, but I can't say it. Oh shit! No, no, you can say it now. It's very announced. I've seen I've seen things for it. Have you, not, seen anything? have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen? Yeah, yeah. Rodney's been plugging in. <laughs> Rodney, oh, is the full list of names out? I've seen Rodney plug it and Elspeth plug it, and I think Ines has plugged it, so I think it's fine to plug now. Yeah, but no, I'm like, I'm just interested because there's going to be like 11 comics on this deal. So anyway, okay, I'm interested who the competition is. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a competition, Walter. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope I just hope that it leads me to getting legitimately invited to the variety cocktail at some point. Yeah, I mean, but there isn't one this year. It's all, someday, all, all, someday the variety someday. cocktail will come back. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much, John, for doing this. Um, this stick is, around. Uh, uh, after... I ended up not talking about the music industry very much. We'll do it eventually. I think you know we tangentially <laughs> talked about it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good slice of the nightlife. You know, nightlife. Yeah. I thought I thought that was all great, guys. Perfect. <laughs> Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you as always to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show. Uh, Walter J. Ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts. Uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Corber and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day. Thank you. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.